With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey guys, this is Jeff Stanick with Figured Out Baseball. I've got a really good Figured Out Baseball podcast today. We're being joined by a really good good coach and a really good person. Uh, two qualities I really like to have on the podcast that usually make it easy and especially with the personality that we're being uh, that we've got today. So we're being joined today by Mike Gambino. He's the head coach at Boston College, of course, in the ACC's Atlantic Division. I'll give you a quick background on Coach Gambino before we jump into questions with him and tell you a little more about where he's been and some of the things that he's done. He is a graduate of Boston College, graduated from BC in 1999. Once he graduated, he played two seasons in the Boston Red Sox organization. When he was done playing, he split the 2002 season as a special assistant to the major league staff and then uh, part of the year coaching on the Lowell Spinners coaching staff in the Red Sox organization. Then uh, he jumped into college baseball. 2003 through 2005, he was an assistant coach at Boston College. Following that, he spent two seasons as a regional scout for the Detroit Tigers. Spent the 2007 through 10 seasons as an assistant coach recruiting coordinator at Virginia Tech. So there he got back into college baseball. In four seasons at Virginia Tech, the team had 15 players drafted. The team's batting average went up 40 points in the four years that Coach Gambino was there. In 2010, his last season there, the team made their the first NCAA tournament appearance since 2000. They also finished that season with a national ranking of number 20 uh, to end the season. July 2010, he was named the head coach at Boston College, which is where he still is. Their 2016 team made the first NCAA tournament appearance since 2009. That team won 35 games, second most in school history. They earned a top 25 national ranking in 2016. That was their first top 25 national ranking in school history. Uh, Coach Gambino was named the ABCA Northeast Region Coach of the Year. In 2016, they also had a first-round draft pick in 2016 and the year before 2015, so two first-round picks in two years. 2017 team returned to the ACC championship. They made back-to-back appearances in the ACC championship for the first time that year since uh, 2009 and 2010. The 2019 team went 31 and 27. That team hit 289 overall. They stole they stole 94 bases, which was second in the ACC. Also had some pretty uh, impressive stats on the mound and defensively, but we'll get to that probably in the podcast. They reached the conference semifinals as a 12 seed. Pretty uh, pretty great run there at the end. They had five players that earned All Conference honors. That was a program record. They had two All Americans in 2019. Uh, first time that BC had two All-Americans since 2009. Three freshman All-Americans that year. Uh, three more players drafted last year in 2021, including a first-rounder, a second-rounder, and a sixth-rounder. Since Coach Gambino got to got to BC, they've had 29 draft picks, including three first-rounders. They've produced four big leaguers and, and a really successful run at Boston College. Coach Gambino, I really appreciate you joining us on the podcast today. I, uh, I really appreciate you having me on, and it's an honor to be to be on here. And uh, after that, I guess everybody's going to be fully fully asleep after hearing all that. <laughs> but hopefully, we can get them back up and uh, back up and running. I told you, I think we could have skipped it all and just said husband, father, baseball coach, and let's go. And I appreciate there, that. There's, that's... The, there's the bio. <laughs> I appreciate that's how you see yourself. Too many people uh, either have that order screwed up or 
uh, or, or don't want to include some of those things in their bio. But I like to start with the bio. Just I think it gives people that, that might not know much about you other than just, you know, you, you see the the thumbnail of the podcast with you and your Boston College hat. And uh, but, you know, we want to we want to, uh, you know, give a little more background. And, and also, I like to just kind of you know, find some interesting things throughout people's journeys, Mike. And, and for you, there are several things that kind of stand out for me in a couple of places that I'd love to start. But I just kind of want to talk, first of all, about Boston College overall and uh, and your experience there. So you played there, obviously. Uh, you were an assistant coach there and then came back as the head coach. Now, among ACC baseball programs, uh, you know, Boston College is, is not the program people would point to and say you guys have, you know, the most, the best facilities, um, you know, the best climate, et cetera, et cetera. It's, it's a bit of an uphill battle there, but you guys have experienced quite a bit of success there. When you took over the program as the head coach, what did you think it was going to take? You know, what were some of your goals going into it and kind of like the, these are the first steps we've got to take to get it there kind of mindset right when you first got hired? Yeah, I appreciate you asking that. And, and you know, I, I took over, um, I was lucky enough to take over a program and be part of continuing something. You know, Boston College is, is a place that I love. Um, it's a it's a mission, an overall mission as a university um, that I love. Um, I believe in a Jesuit education. Um, I love I love the campus. I love the people here. It's a special special place, uh, and, and I love and, and Boston's an awesome town. I mean, you know, I mean, I, I grew up in New York, but having gone here, I've you know, at this point now, lived more of my life in Boston than New York. Um, but but Boston is an, is an amazing town, and like I said, this this campus and this university is a special special place. So um, I knew I was coming back to a place that I love, but I also knew that we had a lot of work to do. I mean, <clears throat> you know, we had like you talked about up until up until really three three and a half four years ago, uh, we had you know probably the worst facility, definitely the worst in the ACC, but some of the worst facilities in college baseball. Um, you know, underfunded, understaffed, all those things. So I knew that when I got here. So, you know, and, and I remember Gene DiFilippo was the AD that hired me. And I remember he said, um, build a program, don't build a team. That was one of the first things he said, um, you know, and, and to continue, you know, it's, it's a program that for all of us that had played, there, played here throughout the years, you know, we were, we're very, very proud of it, um, but also wanted more. Um, and, and so I knew I was going to have to, you know, help push the envelope a lot of ways, both as far as continue, continuing to put out or just start to consistently have, um, high draft picks coming out of here. We knew we we're going to have to, you know, consistently win here to kind of build that and also consistently raise money and, and, um, you know, sort of explain the vision both internally and externally of what we thought we could do so you sort of had in a lot of ways when i got here the, the, the initial five-year plan was work really hard to get this roster competitive and consistently competitive and get some high draft picks to have high draft picks out of there the next next five years we'll be hopefully getting a facility built um you know and that that's kind of where my a lot of my energy and effort um and focus was was going and then you know you talk about that and you know that we were you look at 15, um, 15 with a couple weekends left. You had Chris Shaw, our first rounder, broke his hammy. Jeff Burke was our Friday night guy. He blew out. We had, and then our our first baseman and and uh, three hole hitter. We had a three hole hitter, or a four hole hitter, and our Friday night get hurt. Friday night guy get hurt within like a week and a half period. So we went from legitimately having a chance to host a regional that year. We were, 
in conversation with the Fenway about the chance of hosting original in Fenway to like missing everything. So I was 15 and 16. We're one win away from Omaha. We talked about some of those other years. We're, you know, a bubble team in 17, a bubble team in 19. Um, obviously 20 didn't happen and, you know, with COVID and everything. But, you know, so we sort of got to the point where we're on the verge and had draft picks. Um, but then the, the next key was, was getting that facility built and, and being able to, to build a stadium four years ago and, and open up the Hamilton Athletics Village. And then this past November, moving into uh, or adding, you know, what was called Phase 2, which eventually got named uh, when we opened it, the Pete Frady Center next to our field. You know, now, now we've got to a spot where we're starting to have some history, like you said, of major leaguers coming out of here, and everybody knows and understands that. We have, you know, we're going to have a potential, you know, there's a bit of a potential for another first round pick this year, and there's a couple more potential first round picks on the team going forward. And, um, you know, and and this idea that we can compete, um, you know, we'll have a chance to go to Omaha here, uh, and chance to host regionals. That those are real things that that we can talk about every year in this program now and, and going forward and we're not where we want to be yet but it's it's a fun it's a fun build as far as building a program um and like you said there's there are a lot of things that people would look at people look at the weather as a disadvantage for us uh, you know but at the same time that, that also means you get to live in boston and experience boston and and, and have a world-class city you know right outside the gates of our of our campus and, and i say this to all the all the kids that we're recruiting, if you don't want to play in the cold weather, then you better tell the Red Sox and the Yankees and the Mets and the Tigers and the Cubs. You know, you know, you tell all those teams at Bigley, tell them not to draft you. Because um, if you want to play in the World Series, most year the World Series is going to be in cold weather. And, you know, we're a little spoiled up here in Boston in the last 15 or so years, but we're kind of used to playoff baseball <laughs> being in Boston. And, and we love the cold playoff baseball. So uh, for the kids that we recruit, you know, cold weather. If cold weather is an issue, then then we're probably they're probably not the case for us. I think that's the case. Um, you know, with with all players, even even players that you might be recruiting from from the south. Sometimes you just you, you have to recruit a certain type of player. In my experience, being at some northern schools was kind of that. Like, if you can't, if you're not tough enough to play in this kind of weather, then you're probably not a good fit for our program anyway. Even if you wanted to come here, it probably wouldn't work out. Um, Mike, I want to ask you a little bit about, about the future of, of BC and not to make this a promo for the program or anything, you know, but, but where do you and your assistant coaches, the conversation that you guys have, you know, what are your realistic expectations, um, you know, for the next couple of years, what do you think that people can, can expect from Boston college baseball over the next, you know, two, three, four years? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited about it. I'm really, really excited about where we are. I mean, um, we hired um, a pitching coach this year, Kevin Vance, who um, I think is going to be a superstar, um, both as far as developing pitchers and, and recruiting. Um, hired a, a hitting coach this year, Tyler Holt, um, who, uh, again, I think when people see the impact he's having on our hitters, I think, um, you know, that the, the having that staff here going forward, and it, you know, I don't mean this as a, um, I, I'm not going to say anything about the, the coaches that we've had before because I think I've been very, very lucky um, to have great assistance here throughout my career. But, um, but as we're talking about going forward, these are the two guys here with us going forward. And, um, you know, I think what we're going to be able to see is I think it's going to be a team, you know, we talk about, you know, being in regionals, being in postseason, hosting regionals, um, chances to go to Omaha. I mean, this, this is going to be a program that um, 
that he's going to has a chance to go to Omaha and have a chance to have regionals. That, that idea of a Boston regional we talk about, we know it's coming and we're excited about it. Um, but they'll, you know, we believe we'll, we'll be hosting a regional here in the Harrington Athletic Village. Um, in the, you know, I'm not going to put a year on it, but in the near future. Um, and I do believe, you know, watching long postseason runs. The thing that I'm most concerned, though, as we talk about that and you talk about what we can expect going forward, the thing that I care about most we talk to our guys about is, um, you know, if you watch us play, I want you to see a team that, that plays harder than everybody else, that plays smarter than everybody else and has more fun than everybody else. Um, you know, so I want what people to expect is I want them to come expect, like, enjoying watching us play, enjoying watching these boys play, um, and be able to see how much they love this program and how much they love playing here. And I think if we can do that and do that really, really well every day, you know, then the other long-term goals, the dog piles, will take care of themselves. It's funny that you that you say that and um, just – not funny, but, you know, about the kind of team that you want to put out there, the kind of product that you want people to come and watch when they watch Boston College baseball. I, I say this a lot on different podcasts, but college baseball to me is is the truest form of baseball that still exists, I think. You know, you get into pro ball, and different people have different opinions about the way that Major League Baseball has, has trended, but with – you know, high strikeouts, uh, you know, the the three true outcomes and, and pitchers that are striking out hitters at, uh, at at rates we've never seen before in the big leagues. College baseball has gotten better along the way, too. You know, velocities have gone up in college baseball. Secondary stuff has gone up because, you know, there are a lot of college baseball programs, particularly, you know, at at well-funded, you know, Division One programs especially, that have tons of technology that they're using. They have Rap Soto. They have... Um, other things, they have track men, whatever it is, uh, that uh, that they're able to help their players develop in ways that they haven't been able to before. But college baseball still brings you things that pro ball necessarily doesn't. You guys at Boston College, you steal a lot of bases. You have pitchers that 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 seem to throw uh, a lot of ground balls. You guys keep the ball out of the air. One of the stats that I mentioned that uh, that I had here that I wasn't going to mention in your bio, but I've uh, you know in 2019. I read that you guys, as a pitching staff, gave up 0.44 home runs per game, leading the ACC. Also turned 55 double plays defensively to lead the ACC. Like that—that's that's like old school baseball, where to me, where you you the ball you keep the ball out of the air, uh, you get a lot of double play, got a lot, a lot of double play balls with ground balls. You have a defense that can play behind the pitchers, and, and those are. Um, those are fun things to me to watch in, in college baseball that, that there's still that aspect. You still do steal bases. You still see a lot of action on defense and on offense. Uh, and it's not all about walks and strikeouts and, and, you know, trying to hit a bunch of home runs. Those things are great, but that that's not always the way that college baseball is built. Do you guys recruit for that style of baseball and, and the, the high batting average as well? You guys have, have, you know, you, your teams in the past, both at Virginia tech and Boston college offensively have hit for, you know, high batting average. Do you guys recruit that way uh, for as far as, you know, the defense goes? Are you are you trying to recruit really good defenders up the middle so that pitchers can be confident keeping the ball on the ground and not not being afraid of contact? Do you recruit pitchers that uh, that that, you know, are any anything in particular, maybe throw a lot of strikes, maybe have good, you know, good sinking fastballs, uh, good two seamers that are going to produce a lot of ground balls? Do you? Do you recruit offensively guys that you feel like are kind of well-rounded hitters as opposed to having like one really loud tool? Kind of re- kind of interested in the recruiting part of things and if if you had those stats because that's who kind of showed up or if you had those stats because 
you know, on purpose because you recruit that type of player on purpose? Um, yeah, I think there's a lot to unpack in that. I, I, I think I'll touch on two things. One, um, as far as the tech um, and where the game is going, um, you know, the science now uh, and the tech, and we um, do rely on that heavily. Um, we do. We have a great team of student um, students that help us out as well besides our staff. I guess one of the amazing things about Boston College is we've got – Really, really smart kids here, uh, both both on our team and, and in the general student body. So um, to have the student workers helping our staff pour through these analytics that we have and the tech that we have access to that we're lucky enough to have access to is awesome. Um, you know, we have generally been very, very aggressive in things like shifting use of analytics and right so those things i, I think are are valuable but what i never want to get lost in something that was really important to me in talking say to kevin vance in the hiring process and a lot of the people i talked to throughout the process of hiring, hiring a new pitching coach is that um i don't ever want the art of pitching to get lost in the science of pitching and i think it is a little bit and um and i think about that can be somewhat true in the game in general a little bit where we um, not to get too philosophical, but I think sometimes we're confusing. Um, and I'm not pretending that I have wisdom, but I think as far as where we're listening, we, we're sometimes confusing knowledge with wisdom. Um, and that we can just because we know what's going on, and as far as the science and the spreadsheets and the data and all that stuff, doesn't necessarily equate to what we need to do to help this kid grow, develop, get better. Um, you know, the game is not. You know, it's not. Um, it's not Texas Hold'em. It's not rolling dice. It's not spinning a wheel where um, numbers are numbers and, and there's a human element, there's emotions, um, and and there's competitiveness, and there's all, there's a million different things that can factor into the game. So um, as far as the science and technology of it, we are all in on that, but, I, but the, the human factor is uh, something that's really important to me. So I, that sort of leads into sort of the model of who we – try to recruit um, I love on the mound and positionally I love you know I think what was sort of been somewhat known for and a lot of our high draft picks and big leaguers that are fit this mold um, is the sort of super competitive the tough competitive hardworking multi-sport athlete um, that comes here um, and you know one of the things I think that, that I'm pretty proud of we talked about the sets of the guys we hear but um, we're also known for the fact that our, when our guys leave here, they have tremendous amount of success in professional baseball. Not just the guys that get the big leagues, but the later round picks, the the Joey Cronins or Jake Alou's that are later thirty round thirtieth round picks that get the double A, or um, you know Donovan Casey who was an eleventh round pick who just got traded for Matt Scherzer. He's on the forty man with with Washington now, right? Like our guys have success when they leave here. So you know the the model of the, that kid is that super competitive multi-sport not, and and I, not every kid in our team is multi-sport but those are the guys that we sort of love and focus on um i do love positionally i do love speed i do love defenders all over the field um you know and i guess you talk about home i love home runs as much as the next guy um but the guy if you look at you know the guy that is an elite runner an elite defender can really really hit and hit for power well that guy might not get to college. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like <laughs> those guys always don't, don't always get there. Um, 
you know, but, but, um, you know, having a plan, you know, being able to be a really good two strike team, being able to be a really good, um, situational hitting team, um, you know, those things are important to me and, and being able to pick it up and throw it across. We have always played great infield defense here. Um, and, and I believe we always will. It's, it's something that's really important to me. You talk about turning double plays and, um, you know, the, the fact that, um, we have, uh, we, you know, we make it important that we're developing our infielders and our, and our infielders can really play D. Um, you know, and then again, you talk about strikeouts. I like strikeouts. Everybody likes strikeouts, right? But, um, at the same time, the, the high strikeout, high walk guy doesn't excite me because you're always one rollover, one one missed spot away from the score getting changed. Um, so yeah, having guys that that can, if you if your starter is going to go deep in the game, doesn't matter what we're talking about, you know, they they're going to need to get some soft contact early in counts. And I think those outs are there in college baseball. You know, I understand why. You know, I understand why it's when you're facing Aaron Judge, a walk or a strikeout is all you want because any time the ball hits his barrel, he's got a pretty good chance to go out, right? So, like, walk him and move him on is just as fine. You know, it's, it's fine for your for program, but we don't face Aaron Judge all the time. And, and as good as our league is, and it's it's awesome, and these lineups are scary. Um, you know, there's a, there are a lot of guys that can change the score with one swing, but they're still college guys, and I still want to be aggressive, and I still want to attack them, and if we can get soft contact and move and and get early outs, and we have a better chance for our starters going late in the game. And I think that philosophy also lends to you know you you kind of keep the the outcome in in your hands, your pitcher's hands. If your pitchers execute a pitch, they got a really good chance of of getting out of it, you know, or or having success. And if they if they leave a ball right over the middle, well, then you kind of you kind of earn giving up that home run as well, I guess in a sense. Um, today's podcast is brought to you by Crossover Symmetry. If you want to build cannon arms that stay in top condition all year, check out armcare.com. Developed by Crossover Symmetry, armcare.com measures players' arm strength and range of motion and delivers customized prep, strength, and recovery training based off each player's wellness scores, strength needs, throwing workloads, and fatigue. It gives you the tools to keep your players at their peak all season. So check out the team packages on armcare.com and gain a competitive advantage in player development. Your players will be healthier, throw harder, and win when it counts. Crossoversymmetry.com. Um, so, Mike, I, I mean, we, we talked about some, some, some of those things you unpacked there. I also you know could go several different directions. But actually, I want to ask you a little bit about something you touched on just at the beginning of or maybe a couple questions ago about um, hiring assistant coaches, which is a process that I'm, I think, I think transcends baseball, just, you know, hiring people that are going to work for you, whether it's, it's me as a financial planner, hiring an assistant or you as a baseball coach. But I want to ask you about your interview process because in college baseball, hiring the wrong assistant can put you years behind, right? If you get bad, a couple bad recruiting classes, the way that, that recruiting goes now and how early guys are getting recruited, that can put you behind for years. If your players aren't being developed when they're on campus, that can put you behind for years. Can we talk a little bit about your process of hiring assistants? Maybe if there are some, um, some of, maybe some of the most important questions you ask or some of the most you know important characteristics of a guy when you're interviewing him, or maybe even if, if some of the most important things happen outside of the interview when it comes to the references and what, what a guy's references are saying about him or her, or maybe, or whether you know someone 
you know, going into an interview, uh, you know, if that's really one of the most important things, someone who's already, you already have a feel for who they are as a coach and as a person, but can you talk a little bit about your hiring process and maybe some of the most important things to you when it comes to sorting out, I'm sure you get hundreds and hundreds of applicants and whether, I don't know whether you're even looking at those or you have some guys in mind, but can you talk about that process a little bit and how you handle hiring assistant coaches? Yeah. So I guess I'll start with, um, talk about characteristics and kind of touch the first. Um, number one, to me, the first most important qualification is integrity. Um, you know, and, and if you think about, if you think about what it is, what we're, what I believe we're actually doing, and this is not saying, I mean, I want to win baseball games and we all want to win baseball games and go to Omaha. It doesn't mean that winning is not important, but you know, ultimately what we're doing here is we're helping to raise kids. I think that's critically important to remember and, and you're helping them. You know, it's important to me with all of our guys that play, um, reach their potential as a person, reach their potential as a student and reach their potential in the baseball field. And I know we're talking a lot about big leaguers and high draft picks and all this stuff, but I'm just, I'm equally as proud as of our former players who are out there that are, you know, whether they're financial planners like you are or, or guys that are in law school or uh, in sales or, you know, teachers, wherever it is that they're going, we want them to be prepared and successful and prepared to be, on top of that, great fathers and great husbands. I mean, all that is, is equally important. So through this hiring process, um, or in general, when I hire is one, can we have people around our players who care about them, who care about their development on the field, right? who care about helping them, you know, get glove side better, can they help them get the barrel for the baseball better and more consistently? Can they help them do that, but can they help them grow? Because, you know, these our staff and who we are here, and how we, we're also going to be the guys that the, the, the people that these guys go to, um, you know, when they break up with their girlfriend or when somebody's sick at home or when they're scuffling academically. Right. So, um, you know, I, I want, I want people to care about these guys, care about our players here. Um, we care about these boys. So you start with, with sort of that, right? Like who are those people who are somebody who's, who's got the type of integrity and character that I want around these players and around these young men. Um, and then the type of work ethic that we want and need, um, both as a model for these guys. And also, I mean, you know, college baseball, between you know, player development and recruiting and there's like, it's a lot, right? So you want people that are going to work extremely hard. Um, you know, I want guys that, um, you know, with a, with a really good baseball background, um, I don't mean that you have to have played professional baseball to be a good baseball coach, um, but I do value professional baseball experience somehow, in some way. Uh, it, it wasn't the be-all, end-all, but that is experience. That, that experience is important. The, the two guys we just hired, one, um, you know, our pitching coach, you know, was up, was up to AAA, and, and Kevin Vance, and our hitting coach, Tyler Holt, has um, big league time. So, um, and again, Professional baseball is not the be-all, end-all, but but the more time at the baseball field, the more good baseball people you are around, the the larger your database gets, um, and the more information you have to pass along to these guys. Um, you know, and then I wanted guys that uh, I sort of mentioned this before that know and understand 
can utilize the tech, um, but not let the game get lost in the spreadsheet, um, and not let the kids and the players and the emotions of everything, um, get lost in the spreadsheets. Um, so I mean, I know I sort of talked a little bit more, more generally there. Um, but, um, you know, so that was a little bit more of a general, uh, answer. Um, and then the process, um, was, yeah, it was, it started with talking to a million people, a million different references. Um, and we talked to for both, um, you know, and this is the first time that I have, uh, I've had two full-time assistants here, which I know sounds crazy in the ACC. Um, you know, but we, you know, we are, we are program building here. We are catching up and we talked about the facility and, and the staff is getting built out. And I'm very, very lucky and excited and fortunate to now have two full-time assistants here. Um, you know, so, you know, we had interest from every, every level of professional baseball from major league staffs all the way through and, and different levels throughout college baseball. Uh, so just talked to a, a lot, a lot of people, um, and getting character references and getting baseball references and, um, you know, talk to opposing coaches, um, you know, talk to, so you talk to a lot of people and try to get, figure out to, to get, the the most information and, and be able to paint the best picture of, um, what this staff will look like when it all comes together. And I, um, I, I, I cannot tell you how excited I am about this staff. And like I said, I've been very, very lucky and fortunate throughout my career to have great assistance. Um, and I'm extremely excited about this staff. The integrity piece, Mike, is that something that you've got to rely on references for, or, or is that something that you feel like you can, you can kind of, um, that you can dig up through certain questions that you ask. I'm just curious how, how you identify that, the high character, the, the guys with, with the integrity that you're looking for. Um, what, how do you, how do you go about doing that? Yeah, that's a hard process? one. Try, I mean, I think probably number one to that is references, right? Um, you know, unless it's somebody that, that you know and have known for a long time, then a lot of times you're relying on references and you're, you're relying on people that you know and trust. Um, to kind of give you those fair evals. And then you try to do your best, you know, throughout the interview process of uh, diving through, um, I don't say diving through their personality. I don't know if that really makes sense. But, but you know, through the interview process of talking to them um, and, and trying to get a feel. You know, and some, sometimes it becomes easy to, to see a lack of character, a lack of integrity. You know, some, sometimes that will, will pop out at you and, you know, um, but other, but other time and other times the um, it doesn't. So you just you're just trying to sort through that. And it's, it definitely is a hard one, and some that's important. Mike, the last thing I want to talk to you about is just about being an ACC head coach and being a dad of of a couple young kids. And you said right at the beginning of the podcast, and you said before we recorded as well. Just you've said several times how important it is for you to be a father and a husband in addition to a baseball coach. And I don't know if it was if it was on purpose. I'm guessing that it is because you've probably said it a bunch of times. But both times when you've said this, you said it in that order: father, husband, baseball coach. So obviously, um, I know you have some things today with your family that you're going to be doing after this podcast. But I know that's a big part of it for you, just from the, the short bit that we've talked. How do you how do you balance that? How do you um, how do you balance being a dad to some little kids who? You know, they just, they want dad around. They don't, they don't, they're not concerned whether you guys are winning the ACC championship. They just, they want dad around. How do you do that? Are there certain times of the year where, 
Um, you know, obviously certain times of the year, you're not going to be able to, you, you won't be able to be home as much because of road trips, other things like that. Are you, um, are there other times of year where you're, you're putting some extra time and effort into that? Or is it something that like, are your, you know, your kids hanging around the field or, or whatever it is? Just how do you, how do you kind of accomplish your goal of being the dad that you want to be while also being the ACC, uh, head coach that you want to be that that's very, it's a very, very demanding job for people who just, who've never been on that side of things and, and never, uh, you know, don't know coaches at this level. For, for, to be a coach at that level, especially a head coach, I mean, that's it's so demanding of your time, and and it's and it never ends. Like you go home, and, and your phone, your phone continues to ring and buzz with phone calls and texts from recruits or from other coaches or you know whoever, uh, you know guys that are on your team right now. How do you balance that and be the dad that you want to be? Um, geez, that could be a whole other podcast. And honestly, if you have somebody, if you end up with somebody who can can speak on that i'd love to listen because it's something that i'm still trying to learn and 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 figure out and i think we all are and that's like like you are with your job and i um you know the funny and crazy thing about it i think um so i'll give you an analogy one thing i talk to my players about is the the as they go through college right once they sort of settle once you learn how to be a freshman right then you move on and become a sophomore and there's different challenges both academically on the field you know, if you don't play as a freshman, now all of a sudden you're a sophomore and now you're playing all the time. Or if you were a freshman and you're a freshman All-American, nobody nobody really knew about you, not worried about you. Now you're a sophomore and now you're the guy. How do you deal with that? Right? And then it, it just never stops and you continue to move on. So as soon as you start to, like, settle in with one thing, right, then you move on. And I kind of, kind of talk to my guys about the better you get at something, the more responsibility you get, the harder it gets. And then you just have to kind of keep preparing for that. And in some ways, I'm sort of learning – you know, with fatherhood and all that, like you're, as you're learning how to do it, it changes, right? You learn how to have infants at the house and then they're toddlers. You learn how to have toddlers at the house and they move on. And I think, after I talked to the parent, that the funny thing about that is just you're constantly learning and growing and working through that. For me, um, being a, uh, a great husband and great father is, is critically important to me. And it's something that I try to work on and prioritize. And, um, and the time thing is really hard trying to make sure. Um, like you, like you said, it, it never ends, right? So what are the times, um, you know, I used to always, always have my phone on me, right? And always answer, you know, always answer every call and text. And, and now for better or for worse, if I'm home for dinner, um, when I get home, I put my phone down and I'm, I'm not picking up the phone during dinner and, um, and then I'll check in with them afterwards or, you know, to me, bedtime, you know, bat, my kids are young enough for bath and books, bed and love. Uh, during that time, like that time's sacred to me, so I, I'm not gonna pick up a call. Um, or, you know, if a, if a kid calls that I can't call back, you know, I might grab it and say, "Hey, you can call me back at nine thirty or whatever it is." And, um, you know, my wife taught me a great lesson early on. I used to, I'm always, you know, if I'm in the car, I'm probably on the phone trying to return a phone call or talk to me through whatever. And I used to sometimes come in the house on the phone, which is without kids, is not that big a deal. And then. You know, my wife explained to me early on, like, the kids are excited when you get home. You know, just call before you come in. It's like, you know, things like that. I am really extremely lucky. My wife my wife played field hockey uh, in college. She actually played at Northwestern, and she is um, an assistant coach on the field hockey staff here. So she understands and gets it, which is which is, um, which is is hard. Um, and it's, you know, it's hard for uh, wives of coaches a lot of times. And, you know, she gets it, and she's excited about it. It also makes it fun because you know, I have a son and a daughter, so they are always. Every time I have a chance to get them around our boys and our program, they're 
my kids are at practice with me all the time. My wife and my kids will travel when we can. Um, they're at our facility all the time. Um, so, uh, but I also love the fact that my daughter gets to be around, you know, the girls in our field hockey program here, um, are great role models for my daughter, uh, right? So she gets role models and gets to be around those, um, you know, those girls turning into young women as well. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a hard balance. I just, it's, and you constantly, it's kind of like we tell our players, right? You try things, you make mistakes, you learn, you get better, you move on. And, um, and I sort of feel like, and not to get too, too cheesy about it, but if I try to do my best to love my kids and love them as much as I can and, um, and find as much quality time to be around them as I can, then, you know, the mistakes you make along the way, you hold back too big, I guess. Is that, I guess if that's the best way to say it. I got one last question, I guess, along these lines. Um, I know we're kind of short on time here, but do you, do you have anything, Mike, that, that helps you to kind of stay centered and balanced on that? Because I think anybody that works any job can understand that your your life can get out of balance where you're you're spending too much time at work and, and you need to you know get home. For me, it's it's like I uh, I have times you know balancing this website in my own job where I just I I miss dinner sometimes and if I miss dinner too much I hear it I, I sometimes I hear it from my mom. Um mm-hmm. and sometimes I hear it from my wife or, or sometimes I'll just get a vibe from my wife and it's like okay tomorrow like I've gotta be home you know, Hey, what, what time's dinner? Um, Cause I'm going to be home for sure. Cause I, I know that's an important time for me, but sometimes work gets in the way and I, I'm sure that you experience that as well. But do you have anything, whether it's like podcasts or books or like just a, I don't know, somebody, a person in your life who kind of keeps you grounded, keeps you centered and keeps your, keeps your priorities and your focus where they should be. Is, is there, do you have anything in your, in your life that kind of helps you to just kind of uh, to balance everything like you, like you should be when you get out of balance? Uh, yeah. Well, I think trying to find that balance is, it's funny. Every, every time I talk to, and I do have a lot of, a lot of lean on different industries, both, both coaches, but, um, people I'm really close to that are in other industries that, um, you know, run businesses or run companies that I, that I, uh, will, will lean on and ask questions about. And, um, so, um, I am less of a podcast guy. If you listen to podcasts, more, I just, I, I don't seem to have the time because <laughs> most of the time, the times that I would be listening to podcasts, I'm usually, you know, like a lot of people listen to podcasts in the car, but I'm usually trying to make up calls in the car. I do enjoy reading. Uh, so reading when I can. Um, you know, so reading, speaking to people that, that, and just, you know, picking people's brains and information. Um, I also, you know, one of the, one of my favorite parts, um, you know, we, we as a family go to mass. I'm, I, I am Catholic. We as a family go to mass. We also have a mass in our athletic department, uh, Father Tony Penna has been here forever. He's actually a hockey ch- hockey chaplain. He's the vice president of the school, and his um, he does a mass every Wednesday at eleven thirty, um, right in County Forum where my office is. Um, it's a twenty minute daily mass. Um, his homilies, I always feel like I leave. Um, I always feel like I leave um, a better person, and, and with with a a point and an idea of something that I feel like I can do. Like that's something that's really important to me. Um, you know, so I, I think you try to kind of lean on all those different things and, you know, talk, whether it's talking to, to, to friends or mentors or, or listening. Um, I, you know, I do have a couple sort of different, uh, like I said, people that I lean on. So I think it's, it's, it's in some ways, it's very similar to what I tell my players all the time. And I, I make a lot of analogies with, 
what we're doing on the baseball field and what we're learning um, and try to um, sort of help them see and understand how these lessons that we're learning are applicable, right? The skills are applicable down the road, whether you become a teacher, a doctor, a CEO, a father, a husband, like you're going to lean on a lot of these things, um, you know? Um, so I, and I just kind of try to live by that, I guess. That's awesome. Mike. This is Mike Gambino, everybody. He's the head coach at Boston College. This prod podcast has been brought to you by Crossover Symmetry, and hopefully you've enjoyed this as much as I have. Uh, Mike, it's been a long time since you and I have caught up, but it's been really, really enjoyable. I appreciate your time and, and sharing things and, and kind of opening up there, which I think is, is part of the part of the beautiful thing about these podcasts is you get to, I think, know some people in ways that you might not get to with post-game interviews or just what people might see from you or read about you in the newspaper or whatever. I think this is a great way to get to know some people and, and kind of hear how programs are really run from the inside. And and I think everybody that listened to this got a better idea of what Boston College baseball is all about. Uh, Mike Gambino, everybody, again, the head coach of Boston College. Mike, I sincerely appreciate your time and, and all that you shared with us today. I really appreciate you, uh, you having me on. And, um, please, anything you ever need, let me know.